right. And welcome back, kind of. <laughs> welcome back to the third annual third anniversary show <laughs> of welcome <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i guess that's a welcome back it's like hmm. it's like wrestlemania yeah you and plus they don't number them anymore so when when trying to come up with a intro for our third our three-year anniversary as a podcast it's kind of hard to do because it's not really a consistent show it's just a special, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Because it's like, uh, you know, WrestleMania isn't annual on the same date. It's like around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, it, the end of March, like the beginning of April. It That's what, what's, what's his face? Uh, Thanksgiving kind of does too, right? It's always the third Thursday of November. But it's not. Which a- to me makes no sense that's what i'm but saying it's, like, <laughs> it, it's not a number it's just the uh, it falls on whatever day as you know a- what i'm saying and like to me i'm like why they didn't just do that with jesus <laughs> like why 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 christmas isn't just always like the third you know what i mean like sunday of december mm-hmm. like somebody want to go to work like it should be that day you know what i'm saying the, ain't sunday like the lord's day like how did they miss that I bet you that that goes down such a weird rabbit hole. Again, how we were just talking about how English is a very weird language. <laughs> Convoluted to say the least. I bet I bet it's the same reason why that happened. Because yeah, I agree. That's why I never remember when Thanksgiving is because it's it's not on a number, but at the same time I know the specific area where it's gonna be, you know? Oh yeah. Like somehow I convinced myself that Thanksgiving is November 24th. Yeah. And I know that's not the case. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But sometimes it (laughs) It is (laughs) a lot of the times, you know, a lot of times in my life, it's falling on the 24th. So I'm like, yo, this this day right here might just be the sweet spot for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Doesn't it doesn't feel right. But, you know, but, you know, what feels right is us doing a three year anniversary show based on random wrestling topics <laughs> oh yes oh yeah so with this episode uh we're pretty much just celebrating our three-year anniversary and we're going to keep with the format of threes and we picked out three random matches there the so this is going to be interesting so i know other shows have done top five top ten or whatever so these are just literally going to be three matches that we really like but there's not necessarily a a theme to it as far as like, oh, these are my top three WWE or TNA matches or anything. They're just three matches that I really want to talk about. So I think it I feel I feel like it's appropriate for an anniversary show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So let's go ahead and, and get this started, because I think it will be interesting where. In total, we'll only be talking about six matches in in total, but I think because they are some of our favorite matches, we'll probably get into really into high detail with them, and at the same time, we'll probably just have some random tangents. I I, I fully expect some random tangents anyway. So, <laughs> all right, so I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and kick it off, but I I want to make sure I get the date correct, so I took a screenshot of it. All right, so my first one. And I don't know. 
I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there just in case. So my first one is one of my favorite matches, and I'll, I'll explain why in a second. So this was a ECW championship match. Now, let me rephrase this. So this is WWE's ECW. So I, I know already saying that people are going to be like, you know, I'm done listening to the podcast. This is not a real wrestling podcast. If you're if you're talking about WWE's version of ECW, <laughs> but 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 this is why I picked it because I I need to explain myself. <laughs> mm. So I I know that people have mixed feelings about this this overall brand and the the relaunch of ECW. So this isn't this is a match that happened on the September uh 22nd 2009 episode so this is on the later half of ecw ecw the tv show i believe ran from 2006 to 2010 wow and everyone mostly especially by by the time that all the weird stuff happened with the zombie and and all these other things in the in the first half of the tv show they pretty much already gave up on the show. And technically I did too, because I didn't really watch it consistently the first year that ECW relaunched on sci-fi. But then once they kind of got over that hump and then realized like, okay, we are not going to really stick to the the old format of ECW. Then, then they kind of transformed it into like a hybrid of velocity and sunday night heat where it's just a show where all the other athletes can go under and wrestle and then they did something interesting where then they kind of made it a hybrid of that with what we know now as nxt where they put a lot a lot of their developmental guys on there so that's when i kind of saw what they were trying to do but they just they just didn't promote it the way i think they could have promoted it but by that point that's where I got interested again because they were doing exactly what he's or what I should say, what NXT is doing now where they brought in a lot of the younger guys like Kofi and Yoshitatsu and all these other guys and uh, Jack Swagger at the time. And they legit gave them a platform for them to actually, you know, learn how to work in front of a large crowd, work with senior talent and giving them opportunities with the, their version of the ECW title. So, Going into it, I thought in the later half by 2008 to two, uh, 2010, I thought that that show actually was the best wrestling brand from that WWE had at the time. And the match that really stood out to me the most, even to this day, when it comes to like random good matches that happened on that brand, was this matchup where uh, Christian was the ecw champion at that point and he was defending it against zach Ryder. wow so zach Ryder, this is pretty much where he got over by himself after the split with the the major brothers with him and kurt hawkins and this was like his venture into going into a solo uh you know having a solo run so this is where he introduces like radio persona and just like the zach Ryder that we kind of knew before like the new Matt, the the new Matt Cardona version of him, but what was cool about this one is that this is where you actually saw him naturally get over from 
from the, the fans and everything where the episode before he actually won a battle royale to to get the number one contendership and he had a good outing not only in that matchup but the crowd actually was like behind him so it was working it was actually working where this this brand this pretty much the c brand at that point was actually developing a new star and i thought this was like the perfect way to do it where he had won it and now he's in in this uh championship match on on this episode where I'm I'm covering this matchup and it's not I'm not saying it's a it's a five star match or anything and I I could pretty much say the same thing with all the three matches that I picked but what I enjoyed about this one is giving you that backstory I think the episode did a good job of like making it a big deal as far as like a championship match and at the same time it it gave to me anyway Zack Ryder that opportunity to actually go to the next level from just being a random kind of like jobber with uh or I should say not jobber but just like uh uh unknown when it was it was just him being like an edgehead with with Kurt Hawkins and this really made him stand out and in a weird way because at this point Christian I think is this is yes yeah, so this is 2009 so I would say Christian is roughly a 12 or 13 year old vet at this point. To me, it felt like a mirror match in a way, because mm. at this point, I think Zack Ryder may have had roughly five, five years or so of, of wrestling experience. But you can tell he had a lot of similar traits as Christian as far as like his footwork and kind of just like his his body frame and his athleticism that I thought they had really, really good chemistry together because they also had another matchup later on. But I think their first matchup is still my favorite one. Um, and yeah, they, the commentators did a good job. I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was. I, I think it was Byron Saxton and Todd Grisham, but uh, I'll, I'll look it up later. And yeah, to me, it was just a solid matchup that really showcased like Zack Ryder as an up and rising star and it just showed you how this was Christian in my book like at his prime because I think after this then either a year or two later that's where he got his first like world heavyweight title uh, mm. win and then he had a bunch of banger matches with uh, Randy Orton a- after that so I- yeah they did they had a bunch of good uh, matches that spawned like another one of those RKOs that was predictable and then it started to not be predictable. Yeah. Was like, oh, oh, I'm not gonna hit it right here. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, I think this is where he um he was definitely in his prime because I I don't know the timeline, but this is after he had left uh TNA because he was in TNA for I want to say roughly three to four years from mid 2000 to the end of 2000 when he came back to wwe but i think yeah to me this is like prime christian and he's he moves super quick he's just doing everything super crisp and then the way that these two had like really good chemistry with each other uh obviously we can talk about spoilers because it's like a like a really old match that people can go back on but if you don't want to hear about it i'm gonna spoil it now and uh you can you can move forward, but Kristen ended up picking up the the win here. But again, I figured that 
as soon as you just told me to match up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. I, and I thought about it and I like, I'll just, I'm not like the biggest Zack Ryder fan, yeah. but I know the boy accolades of his career. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know like the biggest title that he had won was the Intercontinental title. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Like, cause if he would have won any, the ECW title, that would have been like up there as like one of his biggest achievements that they always would have talked about. So just like, even off the conversation that you're describing, I was like, oh, this must have been a good match that he didn't win. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and I think that's the the part of it is that people have mixed feelings on him, but I can't deny how good he is when he's when he's there with a good dancing partner. And this show, mm-hmm. this match really showcases that that when he's teamed up with a good dancing partner, then he can create like really really good matches. So I this is my first recommendation, and yeah, I would. I would put that up there. Like I said, none of these are my top three or top mm-hmm. 10 favorite matches of all time. They're just in my memory, selective matches that if I still remember it to this day, something stood out about it. And and now that I went to go back and rewatch it, I can still say that it's a really good matchup that um, if you're just a fan of either one of these guys, uh, I think you would appreciate the matchup. So, yeah. Are you sure you can? Christian in position. Kill switch engaged. Got it. An emphatic kill switch by the ECW champion. One, two, he got him. No winner this match. And still, ECW champion Christian. Nice, 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 nice. And you know what? Like, this I I'm gonna pull a Ryan and I'm gonna segue this. Oh yes, because uh, <laughs> Zach Ryder has the skill set of somebody. If if he was in WCW, he'd be a great hand for a TV title run. Mm-hmm. Now on that, uh oh, the, the my first match here is gonna be from, and this is actually the only one that I have a date for, just because I need to 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 make it making comprehensive how old it is yeah <laughs> it's it is from december 29th 1997 Ooh. wcw monday nitro oh dear. <laughs> yes where we have booker t versus the disco inferno whoa yes now what's important about this match very important is that going into this match Disco Inferno is a champ. Oh, that's right. And this is the match where Booker T essentially got his first singles titles like mm-hmm. shot. So like, you know, it's like when I was, was thinking of this three matches. And I was like, man, what three matches do I really like? And I was like, I was like, Booker T. Yeah, I was like, what's a, that's like Booker T for sure. And I was like, you know what? What's that? When the hell did he win that TV title? Versus Disco Inferno. Yeah. And I was like, that match has to stand me out. And I went back and I watched that match. You know what's hella dope about this match? Is that I'm pretty sure this is either before or around the time that Revenge came out. Oh. And this is like prime singles run Booker T. So I'm saying like this whole dude's moveset is in that game <laughs> like damn near just from watching this match yeah, yeah like yeah. it's 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 pretty crazy and it's like the match is only 
like nine minutes mm-hmm. or un- it's under nine minutes, including entrances. Yeah. But and it, which is also should be noted because TV title matches are only 10 minutes. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, like I was watching it and like now watching it as an adult with more of an educated eye for wrestling. Mm-hmm. I can see why they put the TV title on the Disco Inferno. Mm-hmm. Like he was a solid hand. He was like solid bumping. He had like a gimmick that nobody else was doing in '97. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like you know, he was he was charismatic and kind of goofy and just just fun to have on TV. And I was like, yo, if somebody's gonna be my champion of TV right now, yeah. it's the Disco Inferno in 1997. Like you know, yeah. this is it's kind of corny. But somehow it's pretty cool. Like I liked it. I thought it was cool. Like I got into the Disco Inferno when I was a teenager somehow. And I was like, well, why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh no, that was a good match. And then this this was really good for Booker because it was like, you know, I don't even remember what split up Harlem Heat. I think Stevie got hurt. So Booker's out on his own, really showing that he could wrestle on his on his own and stuff. And he got this shot. He came out. He, you know, he still had the fireworks. And then Booker T is just so cool, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the only dude who was like him and Stevie Ray, they were like black dudes, but they were not like super hip hoppy black dudes. Like they still wore wrestler stuff. Yeah. Like they didn't come out like nothing corny. They just had like do-rags and sunglasses. And I was like, okay, that's tight. And then when Booker T went solo, he was like, yo, I'm still rock the flame pants. Yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. just going to rock the pants. No more tank top. But he still had a do-rag and like sunglasses. And I was like, come on, man. He's keeping it real. He like the theme song was still sick. He was just super buff. He was super slick. And then like Disco Inferno was still hella buff. And like neither one of them were super imposing. The TV title is one of my favorite titles ever. Like anybody who held the TV title was just extra cool to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I need that in my life. Um, and then and then watching the match, it was just really cool because it's just like both of them were really solid hands. Yeah, it's this is Monday Nitro regular match, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Booker T's out here like just doing regular moves. His skill set was just like very well rounded. The guy had like twenty seven different kind of kicks, and then <laughs> before they was calling it the spinner Rooney, and then mind you, the whole time the commentary is like talking about. Um, the main Sting event, the N- yeah, 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 the main, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sting in the NWO, and then like you're just watching this match, like, dude, this match is pretty good. Yeah, this fool like <laughs> misses an elbow drop, and then out of nowhere, breakdance spinner Rooney's up out of nowhere, and it hits him with a Harlem Psychic. I'm like, bro, this is way too slick to have been in the first hour of like yeah. <laughs> Monday Nitro, and then out of nowhere, like the Discord in front of him gets the other hand, he starts doing his thing. I'm like, see, bro, he's solid, dude. Yeah, but like the thing that's really killer about this to me for like a Monday Nitro match was the finish because this fool hit him with a Harlem hangover. Oh, so yeah, it's yeah. like for those of you who don't know what a Harlem hangover is, this fool would get on the top rope and do a somersault leg drop on the guy. Like this one was actually executed very well. I seen some other ones where he like murdered some guys on the ground. Yeah, yeah. But like this one, it was like perfect. He landed perfect, gave him the cover. You could see a uh he you couldn't hear it, but you could see that he could probably say ducked his head said thank you and it was mm. one two three and it was like they was talking about oh yeah man you know sting and hollywood hogan and then it was like <laughs> one two three and they go oh whoa 
Booker T wins. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kind of like change directions. Like, oh, all right. I I bet you they had no no context at that point of what was supposed to be happening in the booking for that matchup. <laughs> you know, man. Like that, anything is my only real knock on WCWs is probably that is like, boy, they would be so concerned about everything <laughs> other than the match that was happening in front of them, and it would be like a great wrestling match, and you just really didn't under. It was hard to piece together because you was listening to everything they were saying but uh-huh. watching this great wrestling at the same time really with no narration yeah other than like mike tonight jumping in giving you all the key moves <laughs> yeah yeah like, like, oh yeah you remember when hollywood hogan was attacking sting with that belt the other day oh man what a beautiful hurricane ride about ray mysterio it's <laughs> <laughs> just like bro what <laughs> his demands jj is trying to do what is best for the wrestling fans around the world and that is to put this match together tonight for nitro live live whose side are you going to be on when that happens wcw no doubt in my mind booker t covers one two we've got a new tv champ another title change how about that one i told you we all said it wrestling's gonna change right here at wcw Uh, (laughs) as for my first recommendation Booker T versus Disco Inferno for the TV title Nitro 97 (laughs) I'm definitely going to check that one out yeah and you know what I found it on YouTube oh okay perfect (laughs) All right. well I'll give more feedback on that but since you set me up so perfectly for my transition I'll I'll go ahead and go into my second matchup and then I'll I'll give more of my thoughts on on uh, on your first pick. But since you just mentioned YouTube and you also mentioned the commentators not paying attention and giving credit, <laughs> one of obviously we've uh, we've talked about this many times, but Velocity to me was my my show. You know you know how you were talking about how. WCW Saturday night was kind of like your show for oh man I used to love watching that that was like the perfect I don't have shit to do yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it is like oh you know what I'm about to watch this bro. yeah it was like in the middle of the day it's a weird time where you knew you should be out the house yeah, yeah. but it was like you know what I'm about to watch Saturday night yeah it at like the daytime <laughs> see see at least velocity was actually at night night i think it came on either at 10 or 11 o'clock on a saturday night where i i'm pretty sure i wasn't doing anything or most of the time i didn't really have that big of a social life at that age yet that yeah velocity was my show when it came to the same reason you would watch the first hour of nitro or 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 wcw saturday night where this was the show where they let all the hungry wrestlers actually go out there and, and just wrestle and, and not have to worry about TV time or storylines or or run-ins and stuff like that. So I was trying to think of, okay, what's the match or at least a series of matches that I could think of right off the bat when I think about Velocity. Now, WWE has done a good job retroactively of pulling up like the Daniel Bryan matches, John Cena, and and all these other guys, and and don't get me wrong, they're good matches, but I think they're just using that more on the the name appeal of like, oh yeah, Daniel Bryan used to be on the show when he wasn't famous, or John Cena was on here before he was famous. 
But the the matches slash match that I want to go with, and I know you're going to appreciate this, but I want to make sure I get the 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 dates correctly. So this hap this happened on an episode of SmackDown when they went to uh, Japan. So very rarely have uh, WWE actually done Raw and SmackDowns and actually filmed them in Japan. Mm-hmm. So this was this made it even more special because yeah they filmed it in Japan, uh, they filmed it at the Sai Saitama Super Arena, so it has a different vibe and and I I think that's why I really like that um, Beast in the East special that they had on mm-hmm. on the network because mm-hmm. the arena just feels like a Japanese arena that right off the bat the the aesthetics are different that it mm-hmm. it just has a different vibe. So this one had your boy. Paul London Whew. going up against uh Akio, better known as Wow. You know, uh you know who who Akio is our boy uh Jimmy Jimmy Yang at that point. I was about to say Akio was Jimmy Wang Yang, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is his more obscure uh era when he was just known as Is this as, when he was a young dragon? Uh I think this was a spin-off group but i can't remember because there was three of them there was a uh, akio and he was teaming up with another guy and they were in like black suits and mm. i i think they were part of um what's his face the the other japanese guy um that they were pushing around that era um suzuki i think it was his name kenzo oh yeah kenzo suzuki i think was his ah, name ah okay yeah so i think they were supposed to be like his hitmen or something Ooh, okay. So look, I'm gonna take you one one back a little bit earlier on him. Yeah, he was he was uh in a group. He was in WCW. Yeah, in a group with uh Kaz Hayashi and Jamie Noble, and they were called the Young Dragons. But like Jamie Noble wore a mask, so he could, <laughs> like, so he could basically hide the fact that he was a white boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll never forget because and then they would feud with three count, which was Evan Courageous, uh, Shannon Moore, and uh, Shane Helms. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll never forget those two three man factions because they were absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. hey, you said Paul London and Jimmy Wang Yang, or yeah, Akio, amazing. Yeah. So this match. This one is even more obscure because how you were just saying on YouTube, this match is only on YouTube because <laughs> because not even on uh, I don't even think Velocity has been added yet on Peacock. And when it was available on the network, they only had a few episodes. And I'm pretty sure I didn't remember seeing that episode on there. So the <laughs> this is how, you know, I remember this matchup and how I remember it being like a really good matchup where I found it on YouTube, but it's on the lowest like 240p like oh <laughs> quality where you can barely make out like who's who, but, but still, if you can enjoy that matchup in 240, then you know it's a good matchup at that point. Oh goodness. <laughs> uh, so yeah, same thing. How you were saying for me, it was just the 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 quality of work that these guys were doing and and how how i just said like by saying those two names if you follow those guys career you know how talented that they were so then 
just knowing that they had a series of matches because they had a bunch of matches on velocity. They had maybe three or four, but this is the one that stood out to me just because of all the aesthetics of, yeah, they were in Japan. They, I think this was probably their second or third matchup together. So they finally, I'm pretty sure they've worked with each other several times, but on TV, you can tell that their chemistry has got gotten even better by this point. And the same thing, there's this commentator that lasted a couple of years named Steve Romero, and he was always just on Velocity and Sunday Night Heat that I don't think he even got an opportunity to to commentate for Raw or SmackDown. So he, he was the lead commentator with Josh Matthews, and I forgot that they actually did have like really good chemistry with each other, and they were the uh the chemistry was like romero would be the commentator but josh matthews of course based on the episodes that we've covered on him with nxt like he knows his stuff as far as like the background of of people and like the technical he's kind of like a mini mike tenay in a sense that whenever they actually did these moves he would legit call them by their real name and not just say like oh what a maneuver or anything like that that he would actually call all these names and what I liked about Sunday night heat and velocity is that they also did the same thing that you just said with uh, the Booker T matchup that a lot of the time they would talk about what was happening in the main event or promoting, promoting the upcoming show that they weren't really talking about the matchup that was happening in front of them. But what I liked about what velocity did is that they would start the matchup where they would talk about like the two people who were wrestling. And then in the middle of the matchup, they, then they would start promoting. So they would say like, Oh yeah, John Cena has a huge decision to make this upcoming night on raw or, or whatever. But then towards the end of the matchup, when it's really about to like, uh, when they were going into like the closing sequence, then they would go back on topic and they would be like, Holy crap. What a, what a great move by Akio and, uh, and Paul London, et cetera. And so that's why I appreciated them because they at least had a format that they had to follow. And at least they gave a little bit more respect to the matchup that was happening in front of them. Um, mm, nice. But yeah, so at the end, uh, Paul London ended up picking up the win. But again, I think it was just everything that everything that you can think of from their moveset, they pretty much pulled out in this matchup. And then on top of that, like since we had the uh, the audience, uh, since we had the Japanese audience, it, it was a totally different vibe. Where when they did something spectacular or crazy, you would get like the more respectful kind of like response from the from the crowd. That it just the dynamics of it just makes it feel like a real independent Japanese wrestling show that happened to be, that happened to have the WWE production over it and that's it you know what I mean nice that's dope that's dope yeah. I like it I like it a lot yeah Josh. Paul London coming off with almost that frog splash high cross body that we've seen him do in the past Akio countered and now Akio is in control and both of these superstars just reaching and digging deep look at London so exhausted he can't even stay on his knees before falling back down Paul London is not done though Look at Akio. Climbs up. Oh, tries to go for that scissor. It does not work. London now. Top rope and has Akio in trouble. On the 450. London covers. And there it is. Finally. 
going back to your end, that's why I really thought that was the perfect transition because it feels like you and I picked those two matches based on similar criteria, and I, I, I think that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know what? Like, sometimes just those random matches stick in your head. Like, mm-hmm. like my next two, I guess, are kind of big matches, you could say, but like the next one here is going to be... um. Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate at Takeover Chicago. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. this is a match that might be one of my favorites ever. Yeah, but it just <sighs> always comes to mind when I'm thinking favorite and match. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. keep trying to recommend. I've recommended this match to people. Like when people ask me, like, "Yo, what's one of your favorite NXT yeah, like yeah. Takeover matches?" I'm like, "Bro." Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne at TakeOver Chicago. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like, because they already had, like, such a great match at the culmination of the um the, the title tournament yeah, that yeah, they yeah. had for That's the UK gonna, title. That's what I was going to say. And it was like, I remember when we were watching that title tournament, and it was like, you know what? This Pete Dunne doesn't need the belt right now. Exactly. He's, like, clearly already over. You could see it in him, just, like, I ne- we neither nobody ever like none of us neither of us had ever heard of the dude and it was like he got it he got it. yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> out of everybody remember, here, he got it he don't he don't need the belt I remember having that conversation yeah straight up and then like you know just time went by and he just kept like kind of showing you it was like, oh yeah he does have it oh he does have it and yeah it was like bait bait is dope you know like he was the right choice to go with that super young cat super talented yeah as hell like super charming and charismatic. But then it was like they got to take over Chicago and it was like, you know what? This is not only the perfect time to like kind of like showcase these two dudes mm-hmm. who at the time were probably like what, like 21 or something like that. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 25, 26, super young. And but it's like, you know, they're in America and Chicago of all places. Exactly. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like and then they go in there and just like shut it down. Yeah. With like not only like, you know, they're young, they're athletic, so they got like kind of a heavy, a spot heavy kind of indie feel, but they're also like European, so they're very technically sound. Everything's real crisp and smooth. Like, bro, that's just such a a good match from top to bottom, man. Like just the way it escalates and in the way that they both understand like how to sell with facials. Yeah. Like, you could just turn that match on and watch it and then it's going to tell you a story in a match, what you need to know. It's like, oh, okay, you know, this is a champ. He's a good guy. And it's like, you just start watching it. And so you kind of start, it don't matter who's a good guy, who's not. You just want to see who's going to win. So like that was one of a really good match. I don't want to get into the details of it since it's kind of new. But yeah. it's like, that's easily one of my favorite. I can't put it in a in a top nothing. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. just one of my because you know there's so many matches in wrestling that I'm like, man, bro, that's one of my favorite matches ever. And then it's like sometimes the best match between a couple wrestlers or like some performers won't be the first time they've exactly. run that match, but it's like they'll had to have run it a couple of times, and you're like, this is the one that really set them up, set it apart from the other like 27 times Mm -hmm. that they've done this. And that's like for them to like, I don't think they ran that, that match too many times, but that's the time right there that really stuck out in my head where it was like, all right, when you went into the beginning of the match, it was like, all right, he's 
kind of supposed to be the heel and he's kind of supposed to be the face. But it's like as soon as they both came out, they kind of got the same type of adulation because it was like, yo, they're both just really good. And then you watch the match. <laughs> it's like they're both just really good. And then you get the winner. And it's like, oh, wow, that was really good. So that's 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 definitely up there in the echelon of one of my favorite matches. Nice. Did not get all of it, but he got enough. And let's be honest, these guys have given up their body and their soul, and there's got to be very little left in the tank. You know, fatigue's got to be a factor, no doubt about that. But here we're right back here. And, oh. It looks like I'm getting an even fight to me for the, for yes. the championship. Oh. oh, what a kick. Bait is up. Beautiful. What a use of the ropes by Tyler Bay, my God. For more than the second time tonight, the NXT Universe on their feet. Yeah, it reminds me of the same one that I just said with Akio and Paul London, where they had run it back several times on that show, nonetheless. Uh, So I'm, I'm pretty sure they also wrestled in the indies together and all these other in different companies that by that point, it was just the right chemistry. It, it makes me think automatically of Dijakovic and, and Keith Lee when when they had their matches. Like, I know for a fact that they had matches before going to NXT, but mm-hmm. it was something about their second match that it was just perfectly everything that was uh, w- everything that had happened in that matchup just gelled perfectly at the same time where the chemistry was right. The crowd was right the story storytelling and the, the technicality and, and everything in between the matchup down was uh, it all just gelled there. And I, that's why I can appreciate you picking that matchup with, with Dunn and, and bait because I know that matchup as soon as you said it and you're completely right that I'm pretty sure they, they've had several matches beforehand, but for some reason that one, it was just at the right time where it really just showed what they can do when, when they're, when they're just, cooking cooking with each other you know? yeah yeah and you know what it's like that's the right cap the right kind of crowd to have that type of chemistry to have that kind of match because mm-hmm. you'll get i feel like maybe as a performer i can't verify this but it seems like you get the ultimate reward when you could get that kind of crowd fully invested in oh yeah, yeah it it's the it's the equivalent of i'm pretty sure just seeing a couple of theater shows that the cast of Hamilton has done that show X amount of times, but if they have like a hot crowd, I bet you they, they take it up to another level based on getting that energy from the crowd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice pick. Yeah. I, I was in, I was on the, on the fence too of like, okay, I need to pick at least one NXT match because we are an NXT focused podcast. But it, dude, same. Like I could have easily like <laughs> not, and it was like you know what? No, I have to have one. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was trying to think, and I was in the same line where I was like, okay, I know we've talked about it several times on the show. Like I know we've talked about Pete Dunn versus uh, Adam Cole at Survivor Series a lot, but I, I think I'm, I think we'll save that one for a special special episode as well. So we'll cover that one later down the line. Uh, so for me, my last pick. And yeah, since I was trying to think of like, okay, if I'm going to pick one 
NXT matchup that I always remember and it's always stuck with me throughout this whole time. Again, I'm not saying it's my top three, top five, top ten or anything, but the it's just stuck with me for so long is the main event of uh, NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way, which was, of course, the Fatal 4-Way. <laughs> uh, so this one, at the time, it had our boy Adrian Neville as the NXT... as. And this is the one I just told you that I watched a couple hours ago because it's the longest match from the three matches that I picked out. So I wanted it to be fresh in my head since I knew it was going to be a little bit longer. So this one had Neville as the champion. His three challengers were uh, Tyler Breeze. Then we had our boy from NXT, uh, Tyson Kidd. And, and last but not least, we had Sami Zayn. So four of those guys are arguably some of the best talent that has come out in the last decade. You know, and none of those guys are American. <laughs> I, I didn't even, none of, I didn't I even just realize caught that right now. None of those guys are American. And who, you know what? Three of those guys are Canadian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a, there's a reason why these things happen. You know what I'm just saying? You know. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite matches, and it ha- happens to have all those credentials. There's a reason why. You, yeah. <laughs> it happens. Uh, yeah, so this matchup, there's been... You and I could list a hundred uh, takeover matches that are our favorites, but like I said, it's not my favorite of all time but it's just the one of those matches that has just stuck with me for years since i watched it and similar to what you were saying with the uh pete dunn and tyler Bate match i think it was just the right time the right crowd and the right storytelling that it all came to existence because for me what stood out for me is the just the chemistry that all four guys had in my memory but upon just doing a recent rewatch of it when you know the backstory of the storylines that they were telling in that matchup it adds another layer to it and i think that's why that's why i can only say that if you had watched that matchup as the world of wrestling was happening in that space that matchup was amplified even higher because you're you're fully invested into the the matches that all of these guys have been having before that pay-per-view or that special and then the story that they were telling with adrian neville that going into the matchup uh so before like same thing i'm not going to get into the specific move details but the story that was behind this one is that this was the time when they were trying to promote i think still the wwe network and showcase uh nxt a lot so Granted, they didn't really do that afterwards as much, but they did have some times where they were pushing the black and gold era of NXT on Raw and SmackDown. So these four guys actually had a matchup on Raw either the day or two days before this takeover just to kind of showcase that and pr- and to promote people to go watch this takeover special. So in the tag team matchup, the two baby faces at the time were Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville. So they were facing uh, Breeze and, and Tyson Kidd. And I remember that matchup, but I would have to like actually run it back to see like how good that one was happening. But I do remember that part of it that they were just trying to 
cross promote on on raw to to bring people over to watch the network at that time uh but yeah so the backstory with this is that adrian neville this is like his highest uh his toughest task as the nxt champion so far so they were building that little storyline in him that like all right what's he gonna do when he has to go up against like his toughest feet and these are three top class opponents that he's going after uh so fast forward to the end of the matchup we get crazy amount of sequences because they build it up to that point where in the beginning of the match they were just kind of like getting used to each other in the middle of the match it was more one versus one where they took out the other two guys on the sides but by the end of the matchup you had all four guys mixing it up and having really smooth transitions and um just move sets against each other and i think that's hard to pull off in the in the normal triple threat or fatal four way of like making sure it's organized it doesn't feel too chaotic but not too um choreographed at the same time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. choreographed so i think they did a really good job at at figuring that out and again this is the reason why i still listen to to tom phillips on modern uh impact is because he was doing commentary with renee young and uh byron saxton so that commentary team is also kind of underrated where they all had like really good chemistry with each other so you can tell that they were getting legit excited based on the 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 wrestling that was happening in the ring and also the the crowd going crazy so at the end of the matchup Sami Zayn was actually gonna beat I believe it was Tyson Kidd or Tyler Breeze I can't remember which one but then at at the end when he was about to get the 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 three fall uh adrian neville from the from the from the outside had actually pulled the referee out so then Mm. they made a huge deal about that because he's a baby face but the stories that they were telling beforehand and and i had to like remember that part of it was like oh yeah they were slowly building up to to neville's heel turn at that point but they they didn't make him a they didn't make him a pure heel yet they were just showing his like little uh you know little nuggets of him heel tendencies exactly yeah <laughs> so that was like the biggest heel thing and it wasn't even really a heel move because yeah you're gonna pull the referee out if you're about to lose your title but it's the fact that a super baby face champion at that point had done something like that like it shocked the the commentators and the crowd and then afterwards like it's legal because it's a fatal four-way so there's no dqs and then i forget what the se- the sequence happened but then uh, Neville was a- able to hit the the red arrow to retain his title, but everyone was like happy, but also they were left with like uh you know questions after of like oh what does this mean like did Neville actually prove himself did he did he not do the sportsmanship aspect or whatever so I think it's the brilliant thing about what I like about WWE and NXT when it's done correctly of finding the perfect balance of like you had these four guys who are respected indie wrestlers and you know overall technical wrestlers and you let them showcase their true talents but at the same time you still kind of did the wwe storytelling on top of it so i think it found like the the perfect blend of i mean we've been calling it sports entertainment this whole time but to me that is the true definition of uh the perfect half and half where you mm-hmm. you got your your pure wrestling and you also got a really good story that that was being told at the same time so yeah nice yeah 
Cesaro. This is game day for Zayn. Bring everything you got in the pot. Hello, the kick. This is Zayn's moment. The cover on Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd. What the hell? What? Remember, this, this is legal. There's no disqualification in this matchup. So now they're pulling the referee out of the match. It's okay. What are you doing now? Just save this title. Speaking of good stories being told, um, this next, and I think this is my last match. This is my last match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this next one can arguably be said is the greatest or one of the greatest WrestleMania matches in history. And this match is the goddamn Undertaker <laughs> versus Shawn Michaels. Oh, dude. At WrestleMania 25. So this is the first one yeah. of the two. And now... I need you to understand that there was a time where all I would do on YouTube was watch The Undertaker's entrance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would just go up and just look up Undertaker entrance, WrestleMania, and just click on whichever one I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like this one, I may have watched the most. And then also, once I got the network, that's all I did. Yeah. yeah. I would go back, watch WrestleMania 25, watch the entrance. Yeah. Like this one is really cool because when I went and watched this match again, I was so excited because I wanted to watch the um the vignette before. Oh, so I was yeah, like, yeah. look, I don't remember what was the beef. <laughs> I remember what the beef was, but you know what? <laughs> Let's let wrestling tell me what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know what? It was golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels said, you know what? I need to go to WrestleMania and I need to beat The Undertaker. Yeah. Because I'm Mr. WrestleMania. <laughs> I've had the biggest matches all the time. And you know what? He's not lying, but he is kind of lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, because at this point, they're like, oh, you know what, man? Like the Undertaker 16 and all at WrestleMania and all that stuff. This about to be Shawn Michaels 16th WrestleMania. But, but bro, by this point, Shawn Michaels is only like five and 11 or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, in all reality, Shawn Michaels loses more at WrestleMania than he wins, but. He still wins when it counts the most. Yeah, yeah, that's Goes true. in there, he beat Sean. He got that done. He lost to Steve. We're not talking about that. Yeah. He beat Sean and, and the Iron Man. He did his thing. He beat Razor, right? Yeah. Ladder match. Gonna be a piece of cake for him. He's not even a degenerate no more. He's a Christian. Yeah. He's back. You know what? He's back. Undertaker's like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> hell no. <laughs> Plain and simple. Not finna happen. Uh, Sean, nah, we it's, it's cool. You finna get baptized in the flame of hell. Let's go. <laughs> it is, you know, they get ready with the entrances, and then you know what? You know what I love about this is that, like, so we have the little guy decked out in all white. He's coming down from heaven. I, I for some reason always thought this was their second matchup. I always thought the entrances for this. Was for their second matchup. I I keep forgetting that it was for mm-hmm. their, their first matchup. Yeah, dude, they went straight into it. He came down and came down. Oh, <laughs> and you're like, oh my god! And then his music kicks in, and you're just like, oh wait, never mind. And you're just like, I think cute. <laughs> and then like, no, I'm sexy. You're like, well, so much about bored again. Yeah, yeah. And he comes out, he does his thing. I'm like, ah oh, man, this is so cool, bro. And then he comes out, does the whole Shawn Michael spiel. And then it gets dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you know where the big guy comes from? 
the bottom. <laughs> hell, basically. <laughs> he rose from hell while the other guy came down from heaven. He's walking out with lightning, fire, smoke, all of that. And then you're just like, dude, this is 100% awesome. Yeah. yeah now, yeah. they're kind of like, you know, I want to say this is like your wrestler's peak prime here. Yes. Like, Absolutely. You get two dudes who like they're not at their physical prime, but they're at that point of where they understand what they can and can't do. They both look pretty good, even though they're like older. Mm-hmm. Um, like they both move good. They know when to turn it up, when to slow it down, and everything just moved like clockwork. And there was no like gaps in anything, like all the spots went perfect like the stuff that looked crazy looked crazy like nobody got hurt everything was cool i remember we watched this wrestlemania together and i remember calling the finish we were <laughs> sitting there and then like i remember it was like we were just sitting there and then i remember it just like clicked and i was just like oh he's gonna hit the moonsault and he's gonna catch him into the tombstone yeah, yeah. and then like it was like a little bit of time went by and he hit the moonsault and he caught that fool and hit him with tombstone. And it was like, ah! Yeah. And it's like, those matches for sure are some of the ones that I remember the most. So I'm like, bro, when I call it a finish, it makes me feel so much cool. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like, bro, that's the way you do it. It's just so good. That was a great match. And you know what is like one of the other things about that that I think like epitomizes pro wrestling is that there were no titles on the line. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Just, like, It was just... I need to beat you on yeah. this day <laughs> and only this day. I don't care if like I beat you the day before or on raw. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah I yeah. need to beat you here. And the undertaker said, nah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'll let you beat me anywhere else, bro. But <laughs> I like how he said anywhere. It's and you know was uh, also hella crucial about this. They was in Texas. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are from Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this is two Texas boys going at it at home. And it was like, ah, I need to beat you here, man, at home, basically. And he's like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to beat me at WrestleMania, let alone at home. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not ha- You better come with 100 and 27% because I'm coming with like 200%. So that sweet chin music shit better be enough. And he's like, all right, bet. And he's like, what enough? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, the Undertaker got like 27 finishers, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he done pin people with choke slams. He done tap fools out with Hell's Gate. He done pin fools with power bombs, power drivers, like, he got submissions with dragon sleepers. You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. The Undertaker got hella moves. What was heart punch? Like, come yeah, yeah. on, man. Like, Sean, man, you know, what was you really going to do to him, bro? You, you're not pinning him with nothing else except, like, 11 super kicks. Like, yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't have enough time for that. Like, we just need to break it down in, like, realism. Like, you don't have enough finishers to beat the Undertaker. Yeah. Like, let's, <laughs> like unless you have a one-hitter quitter finisher or, like, you know, unless your name is pretty much Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Like, you just don't have enough finishers, Shawn Michaels. I'm sorry. You got enough finishers to beat other people who got, like, one finisher. Yeah. <laughs> he beat Ric Flair. All he got is Ric. Is the figure. Yeah, that's true. 
He beat Sean. Oh, no, he beat he beat Brett. All Brett was doing was the sharpshooter. Sharpshooter, yeah. That's but true. it's like, bro, the Undertaker got too many finishers, dude. Like, you know, it just don't work like that. Like, you're not gonna get Undertaker with a roll up. He don't lose like that. Like, you could beat Ric Flair with a roll up. You could beat Brett with a roll up. He beat Chris Jericho with a roll up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. You know, you can you. There's just certain things you can't beat the Undertaker with. Yeah, it's not enough. Like Brock Lesnar, like even if you break it down, just like on a video game standpoint, and you line them up, Shawn Michaels' rating is not higher than Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just shouldn't be. <laughs> if you line up all their intangibles of like what they're the best at, his none of his stats should be better other than like charisma and speed. Speed, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I can't even say like technical ability since the Undertaker got more submissions. So I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't say striking. When everybody, oh man, the Undertaker is the best, best pure, the best pure striker in the business. Like, I guess, like he ain't never beat. Like, I mean, the heart punch, he ain't beat nobody with that in hell long. Yeah, but you know, like, but you know, like Sean ain't just got enough finishes to beat the Undertaker two years straight. Like, and then you know, Triple H wasn't beating that fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like, for sure. you know, he ain't got enough finishers. He only win matches with one move. Yeah, and a sledgehammer. And it's- like that's that's it. <laughs> that's it. it uh, technically, on, that's it. That's his second finisher right there. That's it. That's his other finisher. Like <laughs> cheating in the pedigree is like his only way to win matches. The Undertaker don't even cheat, bro. He just beats you with his moves. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's scary. Brock Lesnar just beats you with his moves. He throws you around for five minutes. F five, I win. Roman Reigns, he got a bunch of moves. He could punch you. He got two finishers now, bro. He choking people out. He choked out Goldberg, dunk. Yeah. In Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Like Goldberg is un- he's unstoppable Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Ro- Roman Reigns, his tier goes uh Superman punch if it's just a random mid carter. Oh yeah. Uh <laughs> spear for, for main eventers and then the choke like for- if it's yeah, if it's really getting busy, he's gotta choke you out. Yeah, bro. yeah. That's the tier. You gotta that's die. The tier. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta die today if he's gotta choke you out. But yeah, man, you know, man, like the Undertaker versus HBK at WrestleMania 25 is one of, I think, just one of those matches that you could show people. And like, if you want to go for like star power of like, oh, you know who they are. And it's like, but showing them what they did best, you go there. Yeah. I think like if you want to see them, the those now, I don't even want to say those two dudes at their best. But if you want to see those two dudes against each other at their best. Their best matchup against each other is that match right there, I think. Yeah. They did it again, and it was great. It was fantastic. But I think that first one, and I think they were saying it too, it was like, look, if we would have just hung it up after that, we would have been happy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, the second one was, you know, they could have did the same. But, like, that first one was, I think everything, just the way every, like, you know, they're both from Texas. It was in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's WrestleMania. We don't need no titles. You know, it's like... What's more pro wrestling than that? He came from heaven. You came from hell. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, man. It's supernatural. It's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's everything about professional wrestling that should draw somebody in. You got a big guy. You got a little guy. Yeah, yeah. buff. You know what I'm saying? There's tattoos everywhere. There's hair. It's sweat. And like, you know what I mean? And theatrics is over to everything. It's just that match right there is like yo this if you want to see like what wrestlemania is about yeah, watch yeah. This, mother- this motherfucking match right here is like all 
what WrestleMania is like the epitome about is like spectacle without no titles. Yeah, exactly. Whoa! Sean! Oh, Sean's throat caught on that rope. Look! What just did the cat and Undertaker? They skin Michaels! Oh my god! Look at this! Michael's caught! What's interesting with that is, for me, you're, I completely agree. Where I think their first matchup, their first Mania matchup, is their best one. The second one again is really good. But what's interesting is I, I would swap it where I think their match, the first matchup is good, but I think the storyline in their second matchup was more memorable than their first one. Because I can tell you right off, I, I can tell you right off the bat without even have to look it up what the storyline was for their second mania match is where Shawn Michaels got the slammy for the matchup that they had the year before at WrestleMania 25. And then that led to Shawn Michaels going like, you know what? I know if I just got another opportunity, I, I, I could, I could beat you. And that then- is the best. Um, You know what? If I had one more shot, I could do it. Yeah, like, it's so good. Match ever. Because Ziggler <laughs> bled it to death and like Christian bled it to yeah. death. But that one was like, you know what? I could beat you. And it's like, I already beat you. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and that was the beauty of the storyline because he just confronted him like a man where he said like, he called him out on Raw or something. He said, hey, you know, let's run it back. And then Taker's just like, nah. And, they just, and, and he just left. And then that's why Shawn Michaels had to raise the stakes where he uh, he needed to win the Rumble so then he could challenge The Undertaker for the title because he was the champion. And mm-hmm. then at that point, since he lost the Rumble, then he's like, well, mm-hmm. damn, I can't do it. So that fool went into the Elimination Chamber, super mm-hmm. kicked The Undertaker so he would lose the title. So then at that point, he would get like beef, like legit beef with him at that point. And then and then the last cherry on top was putting the career versus streak on the line. And see that that storyline was perfect. But I agree with you where the first match is still my favorite, which is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like that storyline was hella good because he was like, dude, like, um, yeah, I just got this award. (laughs) I I could beat you. Like, let's run it back. I know you want to run it back. And then he's like. I really don't. I already beat you. <laughs> I there's there's really nothing for me to prove here. Yeah, yeah. at all. I beat you fair. Yeah, yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> What's up? He's like, all right, fine. You know what? I'll get to you my way. Exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> Walls the rumble. Shit. What am I gonna do now? Ah. You know what? Why don't I just make him not the champ? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he costs him the title. He's like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not how you do this. Like, why? Oh, I hate you so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's it's, have a match. Yeah. And he like beats him again. I told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so trying good. to play the Undertaker. You don't have enough finishers to beat me, bro. <laughs> the, the, the the math and science behind it. It's not and straight up. Like you know how many times I'm countering this if we're playing against each other in a SmackDown game. Yeah. Like you don't know where I'm hitting a finisher with the Undertaker dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> no more. 
get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. So it's good. not happening. Like Shawn Michaels at most is rated like 95. The Undertaker had to have had a game where he's rated 97. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Period. At least. At least. Yeah. I think the point that you were making earlier where you're saying that, yeah, that matchup defines them when they're just they just know each other and they, how you were saying they know their kind of limitations at that point because they're they're not at that point where they were over the hill or anything but they just knew what they had to adjust to with their yeah, age their age like, you know it's like in, in normal athletics they're over the hill but in professional wrestling that's where the theatric and the ability to tell a story mm-hmm. kind of like supersedes your ability to like have to wow the crowd with athletics yeah like there's a comes a point where like in like you know i feel like all wrestlers careers they realize what they don't have to do no more Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't need to do that shit no more like randy orton at some point said i don't need to do this crossbody yeah yeah at some point like charlotte said i don't need to do this little flip in my entrance no more it's like i ain't doing it AJ Styles was like, well, I'm not doing this spiral tap, dog. Well, that's that's the comparison I was going to say, because you can make the argument where the the peak that Undertaker and Undertaker and Michaels were at WrestleMania 25. That's where you could say AJ Styles is now where he's Mm -hmm. he's at that same stage in his in his career where he can still go, but he's not going to be the. AJ Styles from TNA doing matches with Joe and Christopher Daniels, but that doesn't say that he's still not super talented and able to go. He just oh, knows yeah. how he just knows how to go into that that next gear where now he knows what to do and like how you were just saying like what what he what he can what he can and and needs to do versus like what he was doing before at that point dude like i wanted to have an aj styles match in here but there was not one that i could pinpoint that I was exactly like, you know yeah, what? Yeah. i loved it because he had some really good ones with cena and he had some hella good with, with reigns and i'm like bro i can't think of one where i was just like man i love this one over all the other ones yeah because he's just that good and the same thing with like dragon or like brian i was mm-hmm. like you know what i gotta have a brian match in here but then at the same time like honestly i will fight to dev with people of saying like I feel that Dragon and Styles are like the two best wrestlers of the last 20 years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just overall achievements and like everything like the indie scene alone and then working their ways up to the way that they did it to being at the top. Uh, kind of like like Styles was at the top of like everything that he did. So it's like Yeah. You got to say that. And then, like, the same thing with with Daniel Bryan. He just didn't travel to, to, like, you know, like, the same type of companies. But he was a champion in New Japan. He was, like, junior heavyweight champ. He was ROH champ. And then he rose the ranks in WWE. Yeah. Became, like, the ultimate champ. Like, the mega champ over there, doing stuff over there. Like, AJ Styles did the same thing. At some point, they're going to put the title on Dragon in AEW. Mm -hmm. They're going to do it. It's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to. Yeah. He's gonna win it before like Cody did. And you know, they kept it off of Cody. You know, it's a shame now. Like I would have loved to have seen him go win something over there or come back and you know evolve bigger than that. But yeah, no, I think Dragon and Styles are 
dragon. If I could make a Mount Rushmore over the last 20 years, yeah. I'd say uh, Dragon, Styles, Cena, and Orton. Mm, that's a good that's a good one. Yeah, when you're when you're talking about from two thousand from two thousands to now, it, it's hard to make that yeah. make that like uh, argument. Two thousand, even just the year two thousand to two thousand twenty. I think of that twenty year span, those four I would put as my Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling in general. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not even gonna say like WWE. I'm saying professional wrestling in general. Two of those guys were honestly only in WWE. And the other two, I feel like, just conquered enough in the indie scene to have done enough to be, I, I think that's that Mount Rushmore the last 20 years, dude. And in the other years, I think you could probably do them in like 10-year spans. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the last 20, because I, I can't, like you could say, like if you broke them up into like 10-year blocks, I would probably put Cena in Orton in 2000 to 2010 maybe and do because you'd have to get I'd feel like you'd have to get Reigns Cena in there Cena if you could do like a split I would say from 2005 to 2015 15 yeah yeah, like that's his best span yeah but if you had to do it in just those like solid yeah 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 that's why like I I feel like Cena is really good for a Mount Rushmore of the last 20 years because in that middle range like he reigned supreme. Yeah, like, yeah. John Cena was like on like 20 yeah, you're right dude. 2005 to 2000 like 15 mm-hmm. is like John Cena peak years. Yeah, yeah. Like but then once you start to really get the network, that's when like Reigns and them take over mm-hmm. like honest if we're being honest. And then see Dragon is probably 2010 if we're like being honest yeah, yeah. like of his like kind of actually i'd say um nine to maybe 19 or if you want to peel it back and say maybe four if you want to include his indie work and say like four to 14 of his best 10 year run yeah it's probably four to 14 cena's best 10 year run is like five to 15 for sure Orton is probably Ooh, Orton. When did he win that first world title? Uh 04. 04. I'd want to peel that back probably a little bit and say we might be able to save if you want to mm, cuz he was really good in his uh Intercontinental title run. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll give Orton maybe cuz he had that evolution run too. Yeah, yeah. Probably two to twelve of his best kind of like run, and then like everything after that, it was like that's when he became more of a solid hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of like you could always be like, "Hey, man, ain't nothing else working. Put the title on Randy." Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, maybe two to twelve. That was probably like, uh, like we could probably make a segment out of this too. I'm gonna shut up. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like, I, like guys' best ten year run. Like, I, if you if you have a long enough career, yeah, I think. I think we just organically created a new segment right here. Oh yeah, right dude. Off, we right say, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like best, best ten. What is what was the? Uh, dang, what perfect tens? <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to close that that uh 
that kind of segment off. I, I'll say the same thing for me when you were talking about Pete, Pete Dunn earlier. I feel that it's the same way where this is just one phase of Pete Dunn's kind of early career that I hope mm-hmm. I hope morphs into the same thing that we were just talking about. Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles, where hopefully that all the stuff that has already blown us away is just one early phase of it that later on kind of leads into the different higher level championship runs and 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 classic matches with other people i think that the the thing that that dunn hasn't had a chance to do is really wow us on the the storyline yeah yeah, like he like dunn and bait you can take that match out of context Mm -hmm. and get it yeah nothing you don't need you didn't even need the promo you could just watch the match exactly and get it. yeah and it's like oh, okay because the promo didn't really tell you nothing it was just like oh hey look they were in a tournament he won he didn't ah yeah, that was it but like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but if you just watch the match that just given their be- ability to tell the story in the ring that's what they would excel at like guys that kind of hit it when they really get that world title run or like not even a world title run because sometimes the world title run is given to the guy who's just at the right place at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they're that's that's why I think there's still a beauty in having two world titles because there's like there's on one hand there's like the champion of the company, and then there's the champion of the boys. So it's like kind of the WWE title now. Well, it depends on who's holding it too, because yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah. When Big E's holding it, he's the champion of the boys. Yeah. If Reigns is like universal title, he's champion of the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like with certain things, like that's where you'll get to like, I feel like right now, if you were to put a world title on Dunn, it would be like, hey, you know what? You've been killing it. You're the champion of the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus like if he gets into like a storyline, you start to see like some depth out of his character or like some type of like arrogance you ain't never seen. But like you could, you've already seen that he's like super arrogant, but like the type of like maybe if he could captivate you as a baby face that he never captivated before, like that's what he's like yet to do. Like he's got his niche and he's got it good. Mm-hmm. Like in order for Styles to have become like the champion, he had to like it had to click for him in a different kind of way. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That he never had it click for him in another company. So it was like, he had to be able to, to to convey himself in a different kind of way. So it was like if almost if you kind of broke it down, it almost kind of felt like he was doing the Bullet Club thing again, but he wasn't. It yeah. was like the Bullet Club and the club were so different because he was like he one he got to speak to people who spoke English, and two <laughs> it was like you know he had to talk to us versus like in New Japan you could just go out there and point a gun hand at somebody's face and people understand it now yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay you know that that told me that that wrestling theatrics told me versus like that that sports entertainment showmanship told me like the it's like wrestling theatrics will tell you what you need to know and then sometimes or no no wrestling theatrics will show you what you need to know versus like sports entertainment showmanship will like tell you what you need to know yeah and you to retain it a certain kind of way like it's just it's it you know it just it just works a different it works different so like styles he he jumped up there and like finally it clicked for him he got to get had to get to a certain age too like yeah yeah i remember watching aj styles and wcwcw <laughs> bro like like aj styles has done some shit that ain't nobody did bro yeah yeah, yeah. 
come on, man. He was Air Styles back then. Um, and then now look at him. And then, you know, Dragon won King of Indies. And yeah. look at where he went. John Cena was on True Life. I'm a pro wrestler or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then look at where him and then Randy Orton was like getting kicked out of the military. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. Who would have thought that they would have been like, you know what I'm saying? And especially like with Randy Orton being like such a snot earlier on in his career. Like who would have thought that he would have kind of overcame that and became solid? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think they're like kind of the Mount Rushmore. And they had like those certain 10 year runs that we could probably capture in a series. And yeah. it'd be pretty dope. And we could probably capture a whole bunch of different wrestlers with good runs too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, all right. Well, in this uh, anniversary special, we we came out with a with a new thing that we'll we'll follow up on because uh, yeah, I can tell we can we can keep going down the rabbit hole with this concept. <laughs> All right, hell yeah! <laughs> All righty, well, yeah, not too much to to wrap up this uh, this special episode. Where yeah, I'm just super thankful, man, that we've been doing this for three years now. Obviously, we've been focused on on other projects but i i'm glad that this is still something we can do when our schedules line up and that i like i said just we were able to talk about six matches in total and that's not as that uh what's that meme when people show like the iceberg where it's just like the tip of the iceberg like for 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 us that's not even an iceberg it's just a small like a little ice cube in my book because that's only six matches. We've seen thousands of matches that I'm pretty sure we can easily go, go down the rabbit hole and, and pick out even more, but we could do this exact same show with six different matches. Yeah. From yeah, yeah. like, no, I, I don't need, I, I, I don't even know what we just all said, but I don't even think we had any wrestlers in her lap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we just had six different matches with, God knows how many different wrestlers with, <laughs> and we could do a whole nother thing with none of the same different wrestlers and none of the same different matches, just like off of like a whole nother like set of memories. Cause I went through probably like six different combinations. Like I had rock and Hogan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I had, uh, dragon Orton and Batista. From, oh yeah, yeah. WrestleMania 30. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, those are just like some of my favorite matches ever, ever. I and I was like, there's like different reasons why I like the other three that I chose. I, I also didn't pick any of the pay-per-view ones that we've seen because I know we're we're gonna cover those uh later on eventually because yeah, but like that'll be a different type of coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it's cool because just seeing this where to us, we're not putting a caliber behind these people. We literally just had some of our favorite matches come from people of like The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Disco Inferno, uh, Akio, <laughs> Paul London. So that just shows you the different Jesus range when, where, when, when we jump around. We, we really just, it's a combination of like how much we enjoy the matches and also the caliber of people's work. So that I'm telling you, and I didn't even throw no tag team matches. Oh, in there, dude, bro. You yeah, know, yeah. I love tag team wrestling. Exactly. Uh, don't even get me started with that. Cause then automatically I think of 
American Alpha and DIY or, or oh, all these other. Oh, you know what match I did have in here, but I wanted to take it out just because it was a tag team match. I I had um I had RVD and Sabu versus Hayabusa <laughs> and Jinzei Shinzaki from E Wave '97. Ryan would Ryan is applauding right now if he's listening and to this. That's why you know what? That's honestly why I wanted to save it because I was like, you know what? There's no other person I'd want to yeah. hear talk about this match than Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's kind of the reason why I know and like that match because he let me borrow his ECW <laughs> tape to watch it. Because he was like, Larry, you have to watch this match. <laughs> like, he was like, bro, like, I remember him telling me, like, you're like telling me which match specific. And I I don't even think I watched the whole thing. I think I went and I watched that match because I was just like so blown. Oh, away. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, bro, this is like the two crazy dudes from ECW versus these two dudes that we used to like picking in uh, WCW versus <laughs> <laughs> versus versus NWO World Tour. It was like, bro, this is like Hannibal and Shaolin versus yeah, like RVD yeah. and Sabu. What? This is crazy. They're, they're real. <laughs> they're real. <laughs> they're real, bud. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amazing. We'll we'll make yeah. we'll make that happen. If we start doing ECW retro reviews, it's like an automatic that it has to have Brian in them. So oh yeah. yeah, I didn't. I was like, nah, I can't. We can't do this without Ryan. <laughs> Never. <laughs> never ever <laughs> all right well uh i think we'll go ahead and, and wrap up this uh this episode but yeah like i said well it's kind of like we did a celebration of our three-year anniversary but it seemed like we also came up with some good brainstorm for uh for episode episode topics to cover in the future I'm telling you all right well uh thanks again for everyone who checked this not only not only for checking out this episode but for supporting us the last three years it's been a great run so far and like i said we are also literally just starting because we have so much more to to cover as uh, as the years go by <laughs> and with that this is your boy the nando since you know we're not on the nxt podcast so it's just the nando you know what we didn't I don't even think we introduced ourselves. I don't even your boy, <laughs> the Larry. And we will see you next time.